Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Patrop, here with the only twin. That's it. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> our special guest, Jason. At least until next week. Our special guest, Jason, is not here right now, y'all. I'm going to start calling Jason. Well, if you want to, if you want to really piss Jason off, you should start calling him special, special guest every time. <laughs> featuring in our uh, titles too. Featuring Jason. Uh, no, Thomas. that's a little I'm too much. Yo, if Jason, that ass would hit us up. Like, yo, guys, seriously, it's not funny anymore. Just stop. <laughs> Hilarious. Michael, before the show goes to me, man, how come this guy's name is Hilleman? What what kind of person's name is Hilleman? What? The, why can't he just be named Hillman? Yeah. <laughs> right? It just man more work to say Hilleman. That extra syllable is like, yo, come on. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. I into, speak enough as is. <laughs> we're gonna go into all of that, all the big fantasy questions, like why is there an extra I in this guy's name, and more. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Oh, yeah, we are into week six. It is officially the season now, man. It is officially to leave last season behind. It is officially time to get into this season all the way. Yep. And uh, it's week six, so I'm excited. I think that. For the first time, like I was doing, obviously my my research that I do for this, and I have, I think, the best idea of what's going to happen this week than I do all year. Like I, I'm getting my powers back. Interesting. Like I feel like I'm uh, my powers are coming back. I've been ranking in fantasy pros for the for the last two weeks, and although I finished respectably, I finished outside the top fifty both weeks, um, regrettably, and. You know, I noticed that rankings are a little harder when you're ranking all players. Like, not just talking about whether you think they're going to do good or doing bad. So, I really feel like this week it could be my week to make some noise on that, too. So, go check out our rankings at BrotoFantasy.com. Michael and Jason's rankings, as usual, are always up in that top echelon. Um, I'm just getting started on rankings, so take mine with a grain of salt. But I'm getting there, and we'll be there. Um, Yeah, so shout out to that. Also, shout out to our sponsors. Um, Red Cup News at Red Cup News on Instagram and RedCupNews.com. It is your number one source for anything college football. It, hey, it's not too late. It's coming up. Draft season is coming up. For those of you who play um, in dynasty leagues, for those of you who love college football, for those of you who are looking forward to next year because those you know those zero and six teams are going to be out there. Um, <laughs> for those of you looking forward to next year, it is always better to know the draft. For example, if you knew DJ Chark. Was great at LSU. You would have known that this year could have been his breakout year and things like that. So go check out Red Cup News and also Thrive Fantasy. Go to ThriveFantasy.com or the Thrive Fantasy app and put in the promo code BROTO. That's B-R-O-T-O to get $10 on your first deposit of $10 or more. Bam! I fucking murdered that that one. Some mixtape murder. Yo, let's go. I always stutter through that. I'm not reading that, guys. It's off the top of the the Dizome. So, yeah. Anyway, we like Thrive. We're going to give you the Thrive 5 at the end of part two of this episode. So, don't forget that. And, uh, yeah. Let's get it started. Let's get it started with the Thursday night game. Oh, man. It makes you wonder what these guys are thinking. Before we get into Thursday night games, I I should tell you. Buffalo, Chicago, the Colts, and Oakland all on by. Which means there are probably going to be some players. From these teams that are dropped this this week because of necessity. And I'll tell you right now, Buffalo has one of the easiest schedules coming up in 
in the that you're going to see as a stretch um, for fantasy quarterbacks coming up for the for the Bills after their bye week: Dolphins, Eagles, Redskins, Browns, Dolphins, Broncos. That's five straight weeks of what could be dominance. Then you get the Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers. So in the playoffs, going to be a little bit harder. But even the Cowboys, Ravens, and Steelers haven't been great against the quarterback this week. If Josh yeah. Allen finds his way to your waiver wires, pick up Josh Allen. I heard a great stat today from J, uh, J.J. Zacharyson, Zacharyson um, that 10 of the top 12 quarterbacks in fantasy right now have 100 yards rushing or more. So rushing quarterbacks, we told you, they may, their box scores may not look pretty, but their fantasy scores definitely do. So check out um, those fantasy those wires and make sure that those guys are there. Also, don't forget to check your waiver wires. It's Wednesday. Every time someone picks up someone in the waiver wire, someone has to get dropped. Right? Last week, um, Jameson Crowder got dropped in the waiver wire. This week, O.J. Howard got dropped in the waiver wire. And, and although O.J. Howard is not someone that um, you should probably be starting – there are some starting tight ends like Darren Waller. Um, a lot of people were starting uh, Knox. A lot of people were starting um, Trey Burton. Although if you were starting Trey Burton, then probably uh, a lot of people were starting Jack Doyle with T.Y. Hilton out. So if you need a tight end, O.J. Howard is a good dart throw as any. Although he probably should be on the waiver wires right now. I just dropped O.J. Howard. So well, there you go. Yeah. Michael is one of them. Um, so let's get started. The Giants. Starting Gerald Everett over him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I pick up Gerald Everett in almost every one of my leagues because I'm. I, uh, man, I put Evan a ten dollar fab bid on Everett in our in our home league. Jason also bid ten bucks, and I guess he was higher up in the waiver order, so he got him. I bid five, and then I ended up trading him Royce Freeman for Gerald Everett because mm. I have a bunch of backup running backs. So, uh, well, Giants at Patriots is the Thursday night game, and listen, man, as I already mentioned, Evan Ingram's injury. Let's get into that Giants injury concerns. Saquon already ruled out. Wayne Gallman already ruled out. Evan Ingram. Already ruled out. Crazy. It's tough because two of those guys were in concussion protocol, and it's almost impossible to get out of a concussion protocol in time for a Thursday night game, which is good for their long-term health, but not good for our fantasy teams. And also, let's not forget Sterling Shepard as well, also been ruled out. So that leaves Golden Tate, who was quiet in his debut, Darius Slayton, who was 4 for 62 and a TD last week. The coaches really like him. Um, he has flashed some brilliance, but he's going up against Stephon Gilmore. Well. Yep. Um, one-on-one, it looks like. Or McCourty. Well, right now, PFF projects Gilmore. So we'll see how that goes. Pro- either way, McCourty, Gilmore, you're not winning that matchup if you're a, a, a fifth-round rookie at Auburn. Fair enough. Um, you got John Hilleman, who will probably be the call at running back. If Will definitely be the call at running back, but they say that Elijah Penny could definitely get mixed in right there. Look, rookie QB at Foxborough. The Pats have not allowed a TD pass through the air this year. Is, are you playing any Giants in this game? No. Even Golden Tate, he went 3-for-13, very underwhelming last week. Uh, he did play mostly out of the slot, though. 29 slot snaps compared to Shepard and Ingram, who combined for 21, which is good going forward, but this is not the week to do it, man. Jonathan Jones has stepped up this year to be one of the best slot corners in the league. Kind of a surprise, but we'll see once they start playing better competition the whole Patriots defense you kind of have to take with a grain of salt because of the teams they've been playing but it's a tremendous unit either way and they're playing bad competition yeah and now they get the Giants this week down literally their best three offensive weapons you can't start Darius Slayton Golden Tate maybe a flex play if you 
need to. They're already saying this game uh, has a chance to be gross weather-wise, like 50-mile-per-hour winds, rain, so it could be a ground game as well. But even then, I'm not trusting Hilleman. Like, Hilleman has shown absolutely nothing to think against New England that he has a shot. The only running touchdown they gave up to a running back was Sims last week to the Redskins on a tremendous run, and that's it. Like a 65-yarder that he broke out through, like, four tacklers. I have Jonathan Hillman as my running back 35. There are a lot of people I would rather take a shot on. Hillman. I said Hillman. No, you said Hillman. I said Hillman. You said Hillman. Play it back after we Luckily, we're taping so. this conversation. All right, so let's not waste any more time on the Giants. And let's go to the Pats. Classic bat- Pats fashion. The backfield continues to be unpredictable. Sonia Michel finally looked good in a positive game script. Holy shit. Call the, clamo- call the cops. And I have good news for Michelle owners as well. The James Devlin injury, we were saying that could hurt Sony Michelle. Jacob Johnson stepped into the James Devlin role and played James Devlin's role. 41% of the snaps, that was the average amount of snaps Devlin was playing all season. That's what he played last week. Michelle was on the field for half the game, and he was running behind the fullback as they do. So so if you're wondering why that's good news, it's because they're not just going to abandon the fullback because Devlin's out. They yeah. just have his replacement. They just replaced him with Jacob Johnson. Right. So... How how do you feel about Sonny Michel this year, this week? I mean, finally, he played a game where it looked like he may have actually broken a tackle. Yes. Yeah, believe it or not. But, I mean, it was whatever. It was against the Redskins. Like, he was in a good position. He still, it's not like he proved anything in, in my in my eyes. But now he gets the Giants again. Another tremendous, um, another tremendous matchup on the road. I mean, at home, in a game that's supposed to be, like, wet and muddy. So, I think he's a... Solid RB two high end flex option. Uh, uh, let's go to let's continue in the backfield. So, first of all, Rex Burkhead listed as limited in practice. So, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Not sure yet. Definitely monitor that because when one of the Patriots backfield doesn't play, the other two tend to be good plays. Even James White last week put up ten and half PPR, respectable. Yeah. Um, speaking of of James White. Giants are 27th in DVOA against the running back coming out of the backfield, and they haven't really played anyone of note. Um, Chris Thompson went 4-56 against them. That doesn't sound like much, but he led the skins and receptions against the Giants. Yuck. Um, with that being said, do you like James White in this game? I also think James White is a solid RB2 this week. Um, James White has been James White-esque this season. You know, the the high floor, not too high of a ceiling. He hasn't had those spike games like he had last season, which is kind of disappointing for James White owners. But you're never like disappointed with what he's doing because he's getting you the in half PPR and full PPR double digits every week. Even though it's just just at the edge of double digits, he is getting there. And like I said, with the weather, it could be a lot more dump off passes this week for Tom Brady and the Giants are not a good defense. So I think James White could have a, a solid game as well. So I have this cousin slash friend slash uh, compadre who has this has this burning um, burn desire inside of him, and he doesn't know whether to start Tevin Coleman or James White this week. I, I don't. This guy, you know, he's a, he's a cousin's friend's pal, sister's cousin's brother. Um, what would you do? Well, maybe you should take our advice and go look at my rankings, Tim. <laughs> you mean he should go say his he name? Is, his name is Julio. 
Yeah, Julio should go check and see that I have White at 25 and Coleman at 22. That's not helping at all. <laughs> yeah, it's very close. Ah! <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, let's talk about Josh Gordon. Uh, uh, let's not. 0 for 1 in breakout games. Boy, yeah. The thing is, like, he hasn't found the end zone yet. One touchdown on the season. So is this a turnaround situation where you, if he finds the end zone some more, then all of a sudden he's the wide receiver you expected him to be? Look, I have him as a wide receiver three this week. Oh, man. Come on against the Giants, bro. Tim. His, Come on, Brent. Come on. Dude, his Come expert on. consensus ranking is wide receiver 16 this week. We're talking about a guy who in half PPR. That sounds about right. Who in half PPR has put up 15, 3, 11, 6, 8. We're talking about the giant secondary, though. And he's not scoring. Like, that That stuff that you're talking about is a lot of shit games, but he's not scoring. If I have him as wide receiver 3. If you add a touchdown to all those totals and you're happy. Until further notice, I don't know how you could treat him as anything other than wide receiver 3. Uh, against the Giants, man. He hasn't even been performing as a wide receiver three this season. Man. I um, know it's a great matchup, but like I said, with the weather, 50-mile-per-hour winds and rain, it's going to be a James White and Julian Edelman day if that holds up. Man. Josh Gordon, what's up? Maybe he should you know, go back to what he was doing before. Maybe that would be better. And the NFL should just stop being so, so ass-backwards about it. Because what's his name? Percy Harvin, he was high every game. But no one gave him any said. shit. Yeah. Um, what about Julian Edelman? I think he's a great player. Dude, this week. Julian Edelman, sign me up for Julian Edelman basically every week. Wide receiver one this week. He's a target monster. Um, that's that's all you really need to know. He's had at least seven targets in four or five games, at least nine in three of them. He had ten targets a couple of weeks back. This is the worst secondary in the league. I mean, no one on that team's gonna be able to guard Edelman, and he's just a target monster. It's a good chance he even finds an end zone this week against uh, against New York. So sign me up for Julian Edelman. I have him as my wide receiver, 12. All right, let's go to – Philip Dorsett is going to miss this game. So with that being said, Jacoby Myers, Gunnar nah. Olszewski? Olszowski? Nah. <laughs> Jacoby <laughs> no, Myers is can't. one of those guys that people are like, look out for Jacoby Myers. Don't start Jacoby Myers this week. No, you don't want, you don't want the f- fifth option no matter who um, it is. Tom yep. Brady. Um, in this game, I think that Tom Brady runs up the score. I really do because the Giants are the Giants. I have him as wide, uh, Q, excuse me, a QB one this week, but I have him at nine because I'm a little afraid at the fact that they're going to blow out the Giants and the fact that there are apparently going to be 50 mile per hour wins. If that's the case, because then, they okay. could also beat the Giants by just handing it off over and over. That's true. If someone said, "Yo, the Giants are playing the Patriots," the Patriots can't throw once the whole game. I'd still put money on the Patriots to win. And again, Evan Ingram is out, and you're not playing a tight end yeah. um, in this game. Uh, anyone else? Even though James to the Izzo scored a touchdown last week. What, all right, what about Izzo or? Oh, Ryan, not Matt, James. Look, uh, Ryan to the Izzo, Ryan to the TD. You're the whitest person on earth. It's official. I mean, um, <laughs> embrace it. <laughs> uh, what about like Matt Lacoste or any of these guys? No, hard right. pass. All right, let's move on to the next game then. This game's in London. They in London. London in yes, London. guys. All you West Coasters, this game starts at 9.30 Eastern time. So it's 6.30 a.m. for you West Coasters. So you better have these guys in your lineup before you wake up in the morning because I doubt you're waking up on a Sunday earlier than 6.30 a.m. And, I mean, unless you're, you are one so of those So don't people. forget to set your lineups Saturday night for these players and take them out of your flex just in case. Uh, the Panthers, 
CMC, third most fantasy points in history right now. Most in the fantasy era, though, uh, through four games. The other two guys, Jim Brown in, in 1965, when there was definitely no fantasy, and Priest Holmes in 1998, when fantasy was, was just a bunch of dudes at an office reading off box scores. Um, so CMC is doing something we have not seen in a long time. The Bucks, on the other hand, though, number two in rushing defense this year, second in DOVOA against the pass catcher out of the backfield. Is this a game where CMC doesn't CMC? And last time they played is the weird game where CMC did nothing. Right. And with a 53 yards and no touchdowns. Absolutely not. <laughs> CMC is my number one rated running back. That should be everyone's first task when they start rankings. Just put CMC first. I like Alvin Kamara this week. Yeah, but not over CMC. Over, he over didn't CMC? practice today, but they're not. Apparently, they're not super concerned about that. He so doesn't need to practice. If they're not super concerned about it, I'm not super concerned about it. Reggie Bonifon is a interesting speculative ad just in case he does end up missing the game, which is unlikely, but you never know. He did miss practice. But, yeah, I mean, you start CMC, period. The Bucks have been in the middle of the pack on D. Uh, what about the outlook for the pass catches in this game? Can you hear me right now? I can. I think my headphones might just ran out of batteries. There it goes. That's what, that was that weird pause. <laughs> but anyway, like, <laughs> um <laughs> the outlook for the pass catchers in this game, uh, DJ Moore, uh, I was going to say Asante Samuel again, Curtis Samuel, uh, Greg You're Olsen. You're Mr. Tim. I think, look, I think that these guys have a chance to have a big game this week. I'm a little confused that, again, Curtis Samuel, the uh, ex- expert consensus ranking, has Curtis Samuel ahead of DJ Moore again on Fantasy Pros. These guys are bugging. Like, I don't really get it. DJ Moore went 6 for 91 last week. Curtis Samuel did not. Curtis Samuel, um, with Kyle Allen in the same offense, went uh, 3 for 19 last week. So, I mean, he didn't get as many targets as DJ Moore. I know there was a a couple weeks there where it looked like Curtis Samuel might be climbing the ladder. I'm still trusting DJ Moore over Curtis Samuel at this point. I have DJ Moore as a wide receiver, high-end wide receiver 3. Tremendous matchup against Tampa Bay. We just saw what Michael Thomas did against that unit. So I like DJ Moore this week as a wide receiver three play in London. And uh, I think Curtis Samuel is more of a low-end wide receiver three solid flex play this week because Tampa Bay is a very good spot for Kyle Allen and the pass catchers to finally put together a useful game from all three of them. I honestly think that they're they're both wide receiver threes, yes, but I think they're both wide receiver threes with huge upside. Like, I would not this be surprised. This week, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them has a top... 15 game yeah i wouldn't be surprised either i'm hoping it's samuel because i'm playing against dj Moore. so just selfishly i'm hoping it's Samuel. um what about greg olson greg olson has let everyone down big time over the last couple weeks i mean it's just been two duds in a row like two for five two weeks ago and then oh for oh last week and this is a guy who coming off before that had two monster games 110 yards and then 75 yards and two touchdowns the targets haven't been there either but I do believe this is a get-right game for Greg Olson against Tampa Bay. He's still running the routes and all that, so I think he does get involved more here against Tampa. I have him as a middle-of-the-pack uh, tight end this week. Yeah, man, Greg Olson, he's just an eh. So like, I I, if I had Greg Olson on my team, I would not. I mean, I Greg, Olson, another one. Greg Olson and Delaney Walker are a couple guys I wasn't interested in at all going into the season. The first couple weeks, they made me look terrible. And then these last couple weeks, they've been absolutely atrocious. That's what happens when you're ancient. All right, let's go over to the Bucks side. O.J. Howard, speaking of tight ends, is one of the biggest busts of the year. But he's my tight end 16 this week. Carolina's going to say is 23rd in DVOA against a tight end. 
Could it be worth a shot? Is this your last chance you're giving O.J. Howard? I know personally you just dropped Yeah, I just OJ dropped Howard. him. I mean, you got Carolina this week and then a bye week. So even if he, you either drop him now or he has a good game and then you, he doesn't even play next week either. So you might have to drop him to get a new tight end. So whatever, man. Bruce Arians could... Bruce Arians could, should learn how to use a damn tight end. <laughs> uh, OJ Howard's too good for this bullshit, man. He definitely knows how to use Chris Godwin. Guys, Chris, Chris Godwin yes, is on pace this season for 106 catches for 1,635 yards. And ready for this one? 19 touchdowns. Holy moly. The number one wide receiver right now in PPR formats is Chris Godwin. Does that continue this week? Heaven's my wide receiver seven against Carolina. Their secondary has been improved this year very much improved but uh they can be beat as shown by Gardner Minshew last week and DJ Chark 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 do 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 whatever right uh but yeah Chris Godwin I mean this dude's been an absolute monster like you said three games over 120 yards uh six touchdowns already on the season what's not to like about Chris Godwin at this point yeah he's a wide receiver one lock him up lock him in don't ask questions uh one guy that you thought would be a lock-in wide receiver one He's really just kind of come back back down to earth after his big game. Mike Evans with the donut yeah. against his rival Marshawn Lattimore that last week. Last week. Um that's Mike Evans' first donut since 2015 against Marshawn Lattimore. So interesting tidbit there. But um I mean you can't expect my Mike Evans to have another dud, can you? Yeah, no way. Uh Evans wide receiver eleven. Again, James Bradbury and company have been better this season. But it's still not like they're locked down corners. And Mike Evans is not a receiver who's going to take well to not getting a single reception in a game. Right. Like, he's he's a star at this point, an established star. So I think he's going to get fed uh, early and often by Winston this time around. And I, th- I think he has a very solid game. Um, Tampa Bay and Carolina, a 47.5 over under. So definitely expecting fireworks in that game. Is Vegas. Um, let's go over to the running back position. Man, we talked about this on Monday. As soon as you thought this Rojo was ready to take this backfield over and be the man, back to a 50-50 split, 11 carries to 12, Barber gets the touchdown. What now? Crazy. Like, they literally, they each played 34% of the snaps. They literally played the same amount of snaps. We we thought too highly of Tampa Bay, obviously. Like, they're just going to keep throwing Peyton Barber out there mixed with Ronald Jones. Because it's not like Peyton Barber had this great game where he should be out there more often than Ronald Jones. But that's what that's why I said on the waivers, if you want to put a lot of money on Rojo, be prepared that it could just go back to Peyton Barber the next week. That's basically what happened this time around. So you just have to patiently wait as a Rojo owner. I think he's a, he's a at least decent flex option this week. Uh, more on the low end. Peyton Barber is very touchdown dependent, so I wouldn't want to use him. But both of them are, both of them are frustrating to own at the moment. Uh, is there anyone else that you would like to talk about in this game? Uh, Jameis Winston and Kyle Allen. Okay, the yeah, let's QBs. talk about the quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, well, whoops. The guys who fling the balls that players have to catch. I actually have a note here about him. I just got. You're gonna see why I got excited and I got ahead of myself a little bit in just a second. But um, Jameis Winston is playing a team that's tied for third in the most takeaways this this year, eight. And you know that he turns the ball over. So is he a streamer? He is. Carolina defense is also a good option, just saying. But, I mean, Jameis Winston has had three straight games where he had 17 or more points 
Uh, it was kind of an ugly game last week against New Orleans, but 17 is respectable. 27-30 and 30 the two weeks before that. We just saw, like I said, Gardner Minshew go crazy on Carolina. Their defense has been better, but it's still not anything super scary for QBs. So I think Winston's definitely a streamable option. Kyle Allen can be streamable in deeper leagues where you're really struggling with the buy or something of that sort, but he's more of a two QB option. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Allen is probably going to have to be streamed in our league this, this week because Sal, a guy that we keep telling you guys, makes the playoffs in our league every year. We don't know how the fuck he does it. He has four QBs on his roster. Four. Four QBs. So someone's going to have to draft. He's going to have to stream Kyle Allen this week. This is how it goes. All right, we done with it now? Yep. All right, now you're going to see why I got all excited. It's time. That's right. The matchup of the millennium. The matchup of the decade. The matchup we have all been waiting for. The Dolphins versus the Redskins. That's right. Who will take the crown? Total attendance at the Washington Dolphins game. I mean, it's in Miami. It's still a packed house. Is it in Miami? It's never a packed house in Miami. It's in Miami. It's in Miami. Anyway, let's talk about this a little bit. Case Keenum today was introduced as the starter. Fire. Um, Yeah, fire. Why? Because Scary Terry is probably going to eat now, has scored a TD in all of Keenum's starts. We know that Keenum loves to feed his number one option, and you know he creates a rapport with guys. Uh, We saw it when he was with Denver. We saw it when he was in Minnesota. And we saw it even before then um, when he was the backer for the Texans. We're gonna we see it now with the Washington Redskins. I want to say Washington Nationals baseball playoffs are in full swing. Um, Literally swing. Yeah, scary Terry, gotta love him this week. Yeah, I've been my wide receiver twenty this week. As long as he's practicing and all that, and the hamstring isn't an issue, I think he's a great play. I mean, this dude before he got hurt and didn't play Week Four against the Giants, which I'm still sour about because that would have been glorious. 125 yards and a touchdown, 62 yards and a touchdown, 70 yards and a touchdown. Five, five, and six receptions, respectively. And then last week, dude, three receptions, 51 yards, obviously is not good, like overall. But when you're going against Stephon Gilmore and Devin McCourty, it's good. Yeah. Like they've been shutting down literally everybody. So he was able to get open on those guys that not many people are able to get open against. He saw the seven targets. That was with Colt McCoy throwing the ball. He obviously has a solid rapport with Case Keenum. Case Keenum is, in my opinion, clearly the best QB of the three at this point. So I think it's great for Terry McLaurin, and I'm very excited for this week against Miami. Man, I must say, I'm I'm considering starting him over OBJ. Am I crazy? <sighs> Possibly. I mean, I got OBJ at 14 and McLaurin at 21, so. They're not too far away from each other, but yeah, you got one at the end of wide receiver two. One and at the top. Yeah. All right. Um, let's go over to the running back position, because you're not, you're not going to start any of the other wide receivers in Washington, are you? Paul Richardson, maybe? No, Paul Richardson, even when um, even when McLaurin was out against Miami, yeah, uh, excuse anything. me, against New York, shit the bed. So. Trey Quinn? No. Right. These are all low, low-end guys. Yeah. Um, if I was choosing between the two, I'd choose Quinn. But We see a lot of fantasy experts right now saying that AP, it's AP week, that AP is going to eat in this game. Um, you also have Chris, Common, Chris Thompson excuse me, back there in the backfield. Are these guys playable to you? Look. I understand this whole AP narrative. Callahan's the head coach now. He said they want to establish a run, get AP more involved, use his skill set. They're going against Miami, the worst run defense in the league, all that good stuff. But, dude, 
Adrian Peterson has three games with over 10 rushes, and not a single one has over 37 rushing yards. Like, this isn't, it's not like this is Adrian Peterson anymore, like the Adrian Peterson. This is bleh, old Washington Redskin Adrian Peterson. Whether it's against Miami or not, if he doesn't find the end zone, you're going to be very disappointed. Even if he does find the end zone, there's a chance he ends with 35 yards, and he's not involved in the passing game ever, so it's not like he's going to get you three to four receptions either. He has one game with two receptions, one game with one. The other games are all donuts receiving-wise. So, I mean, I think he could be a flex option this week, but I'm definitely not playing him happily as a top 24 running back in my RB1 or RB2 slot. Yeah, I agree with you. What about Chris Thompson? This could be a big game for him. Chris Thompson I like a little less than AP, actually, because of the touchdown potential that I was just saying for AP to fall into the end zone against Miami. Chris Thompson is not really a touchdown threat, but he is involved in the offense. You know, he he did have 17, 56, 79, 48, and 68 receiving yards in the past five weeks. Throw New England out the window, basically, for for uh, for him. Last week was a disaster, and Colt McCoy was QBing, and now it's Case Keenum again. So I think in PPR leagues, certainly more of a better uh, flex play. Standard leagues, I'm looking somewhere else. Half PPR, he's halfway decent. Miami dead last in DVOA against the running back out of the backfield guarding the pass. Um, but Case Keenum likes to throw downfield. So I'm getting a – oh, I just got a call. It's from my cousin's sister's brother's dog's friend again. And he was he was discussing James White, Tevin Coleman. Patrick? But also uh, – no, I, I, I can't recall his name. We're not really close. Patrice? But uh, Oh, Patrice, yes. There you go. Um, and he said that, oh, Chris Thompson is part of that mix as well. So if you had those three guys, you would start Coleman and White over Thompson. Then. Is that what you're saying? That is what I'm saying, Patrice. Interesting. Interesting. Thanks for listening, Patrice. I'll let Patrice know how you feel about that. Um, <laughs> let's go Let's go over uh, now to Case Keenum. Is he a streaming option this week? No. He's coming off an injury, Yeah, which is bad enough. He's also in Washington. In two QB leagues, you could do worse. But, yeah, yeah I'm not interested here. Is this the week you can actually play? Dun, 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 dun. Dolphins. Possibly. Oh, 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 my God. Possibly. The week has come where you might. This, by the way, guys, this this might be the the opposite Super Bowl. This might be the bowl super. This is legitimately. I <laughs> think it's something better than the bowl super. I mean, that's the opposite of Super Bowl. I was gonna say Super Bowl backwards, but I can't think of that. I can't think that quickly. Um, this might be who gets the number one pick this season. Yeah, this game might decide it. But um, with that being said, Kalen Balaj is now underneath a depth chart to Mark Walton. Yeah, uh, Kenyon Drake's still there. So Kenyon Drake, Kalen Balaj. I mean, uh, with Mark Walton, let's start with them. Uh, are you starting either one of those guys? Mark Walton, I'm not touching. You could stash him and see if he becomes like a thing in that backfield. But I mean, we're talking about Miami here. So even 10 to 15 touches might not do much. But Kenyon Drake, prior to the bye week, he had uh, more than 10 touches the the three weeks prior. 7, 7, and 9 fantasy points and half PPR. Obviously not great, but also not a zero. And against Washington, you could do worse. I think he's a decent flex option, especially coming off the bye week as well helps because teams, teams tend to play a lot better off a of bye week. You have an extra week to prepare, time to rest, more time to practice. So... I think that does work in his favor. So I do think he's actually a decent flex option this week against Washington. The person I find most appealing, though, I got to tell you. Wide receivers. Is Preston Williams. Preston Williams. I knew you were going to say that. With uh, Josh Rosen. He's seen 
19 targets in the last two Josh Rosen starts. 114 yards. Hasn't found the end zone yet, but he's getting receptions there. So it's interesting. Uh, obviously, it's not like this super upside play because, again, it is Miami. It is against Washington. It's, it's going to be a very ugly game, but I would not be surprised if Preston Williams actually ends up putting out some wide receiver three flex numbers this week. And it's interesting because you expect Josh Norman to be the guy that you're scared of. Josh Norman has been playing absolutely terribly this season. And it's actually Quentin Dunbar, who's on the other side, who's actually had a pretty good a pretty good year. Dunbar. PFF ranks him as the number three cornerback his position. So you, I, I lean more Preston Williams than I do Devontae Parker. Yeah. Uh, of the two, I prefer Preston Williams as well because we've seen – Devontae Parker in the past, we haven't seen Preston Williams yet like get NFL work, and he's actually looked decent so far getting NFL work. Devontae Parker has been terrible for years now and just continues to get hyped up for no reason. So, yeah, I'm not interested in, in Devontae Parker at all, really. Anyone else in this team you want to talk about? I just want to stop talking about the Dolphins. <laughs> all right, let's move on to a team that we Don't actually— Don't start Josh Rosen, obviously. Yeah, a team that we actually— I prefer Keenum to Rosen if you're in like a super flex and you need to pick one of them up or something. Are, are you done talking about the Dolphins? You said you wanted to stop talking about the Dolphins and you cut me off. I have Dolphin the fever. Um, the, the Saints at the Jags is the nice game The only game prescription up. is more Dolphin. Oh, my gosh. Shut up. <laughs> Saints uh, on the Saints side. Jalen Ramsey got a limited practice in this week, which is interesting. Uh, Mike Thomas is obviously you have to play him. He's obviously a wide receiver one, but obviously you don't want him to play against Jalen Ramsey. You'd rather not have him play against Jalen Ramsey. Um, What do you think about Mike Thomas this week? I mean, I'd assume that Jalen Ramsey isn't going to play with all this holdout talk, this injury, quote-unquote. Who knows if it's even like a real back injury we're talking about here. So if he does play, obviously it's a little bit of a downgrade, but... Right now, I love me some Mike Thomas. I have as my wide receiver five this week. This dude has been unstoppable this season. Uh, he's been great even with uh, Teddy Bridgewater and no Drew Brees. Hasn't scored less than 15, excuse me, 14 uh, half PPR fantasy points yet. A couple touchdowns last week. I don't think he, uh, I don't think it's crazy to say that he finds the end zone this week again against Jacksonville. Their pass defense outside of Jalen Ramsey has not been good this season. Jalen Ramsey's been their only bright spot, really. AJ Boye really hasn't been that great either. So, I love me some uh, some Michael Thomas per use. Uh, we saw Jared Cook get back in the action last week. Scored a touchdown. Can he get involved against this team? Uh, they are ve- they are very good against the tight end. Ranked right now eighth in DVOA against the tight end. So, uh, do you think Jared Cook has himself anything? I don't love Jared Cook, but the tight ends this week are are pretty awful with all the uh, with all the with all the bye weeks and such. Like I have Gerald Everett as my eighth tight end. Chris Herndon is my 10th. That's Chris Herndon have to, might not play, yeah. He, I had him as 10, but now he's not going to play, so people are going to have to move up, which makes it even more barren. Like I have, So Jared Cook is going to move up to 12 once Chris Herndon is out. I'll just take Chris Herndon out now to to get that out of the way. So I got Jared Cook at 11 now with Chris Herndon out. So uh, the options I have behind him, Vance McDonald, who's going to have that rookie uh, QB. TJ Hawkinson, who might not play either because he's hurt. Jason Witten, who's going to get three to four targets, and you have to hope he finds the end zone. O.J. Howard. Like, it's all these guys that I'd rather just take the touchdown upside shot on Cook. He did find the end zone on the slant last week. So that that's at least nice for Jared Cook owners. Um, Ted Ginn found the end zone on a wide-open pass last week. He's on the road. Fade him. Yep. 
Uh, let's go over to Alvin Kamara. This is why Alvin Kamara is my number one running back on the week. Jags, 25th in DVOA against the running back out of the backfield. Dead last in yards per carry, which means they're giving up the most yards per carry of a, if to running backs in general. Um, Alvin Kamara, I is think. Is that it, true? That is true. Interesting. Uh, I think Alvin Kamara is our RB1 this week. Of course, of course. Not overall. I know you mean overall. I haven't uh, been number, overall. I haven't, I have him third, though. Yeah, I mean, so, obviously he's an RB1. I think he's number one overall this week. Yeah, he's also coming off two straight, in in Kamara terms, uh, mediocre games with 10 and 14 half PPR fantasy points. So I think he's due for a, one of those monster performances where he gets you at least 20 half PPR fantasy points. Like you said, Jacksonville has not been great against the running back running or through the air, which is Alvin Kamara's forte. So great for um, great for Alvin Kamara. Are you considering Teddy Bridgewater at all? I don't know where people like Teddy Bridgewater after one big game against Tampa Bay. He looked good. Jacksonville, I said their pass defense hasn't been great uh, with Jalen Ramsey out, but I mean we're still talking about Teddy Bridgewater here. We're talking about one good game out of four so far, fantasy wise. So against a decent Jags. I'm, I'm fading Teddy Bridgewater um, this week. All right, let's go over to um, the Jaguar side. Gardner Minshew. Uh, had a big game against Gardner Mo fucking Minshew. That he was not supposed to have a big game against last week. Um, I mean, he has a pretty good schedule coming up. I would take a shot stashing Gardner Minshew if I was having quarterback wolves right now. I don't hate it either. Me and Jason are considering doing that in a league where we drafted Baker Mayfield and have Andy Dalton as our backup. So we're obviously in quarterback disarray at the moment. I said this on the review episode. So you probably heard this already. If you haven't, go check out the review episode. But Minshew threw for 375 yards against the Panthers who have shut down 374 yards against the Panthers who have shut down every other quarterback, less than 220 passing yards to Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Kyler Murray, and Deshaun Watson. So those are three of those four quarterbacks usually throw for a lot of yards. So Minshew looked great. He didn't throw an interception. He's just been balling out. He gets you rushing yards which is awesome to see, 42 rushing yards last week, three of the four games. Uh, he has at least four rush attempts. So he's balling out as long as he's balling out. New Orleans New Orleans has been better the last couple of weeks, their defense overall, but that's basically just the Marshawn Lattimore coming back to life effect. And we're going to talk about just how back to life he came back to in just a second. But P.J. Williams still has been absolutely atrocious. Really bad. They still have D.D. Westbrook there who – has been decent the last few weeks. He hasn't been great, not what you drafted, but he's at least been flex-worthy. Uh, their their ground game's pretty solid, too, but Leonard Fournette has been a monster the last couple of weeks and has just been getting a ridiculous amount of volume. So I kind of like all the uh, Jaguars' weapons this week against New Orleans as solid options. What about Chris Conley? Because, uh, look, he hasn't been involved much since, since week one, but... Marshawn Lattimore, we went over how he's come alive the last two weeks. Last two weeks, Amari, Co- uh, Amari Cooper, or Amari Nooper, I should say, 5 for 48. Mike Evans, a donut. You're talking about Amari Cooper, who's third in the league in receiving yards per game. That's the Amari Cooper you're talking about. He he had 48 receiving yards against him. Same with Mike Evans. Chris Conley hasn't been involved, like I said, but they are 30th in DVOA against a number two receiver. If you're desperate, I think you could do worse than a dart throw to Chris Conley. Eh, Chris Conley I'm not looking towards, really. I, I don't really want the third option on this offense. It is still a run-first option. Fourth option. Fourth option, yeah. Fournette, too, in the passing game. You're right. 
James O'Shawn Hennessy is out. He's been a solid red zone target for Minshew. R.I.P. One of the best names out there. We're not going to be able to say O'Shawn Hennessy for a while. It's O'Shaughnessy. If you guys are Key and Peele fans, <laughs> you, O'Shawn you get it. Hennessy. Um, what about Leonard Fournette? The Saints have had some good. Uh, but D.D. Westbrook though, let me some D.D. Westbrook this week as a wide receiver three flex option, especially with all the bye weeks. So let's go to Leonard Fournette. The Saints have had some good running backs have bad yard totals. Chris Carson, uh, fifty-two <laughs> yards. Zeke, thirty-five yards. Gurley, sixty-three yards. Uh, but they also lead the league with giving up seven rushing TDs total. Yep. So they're they're not, they're breaking, but they're not bending. <laughs> Instead of bend but don't break, they're break but don't bend. Um, not giving up the yards, but a running back always seems to fall into the end zone. I should say though, two of those rushing touchdowns are to Russell Wilson. So take that with a grain of salt. But um, yeah, they're susceptible to the rushing touchdown. Leonard Fournette has a, the amount of volume he's gotten. He's expected to have more than one touchdown. So there is some regression, some positive regression due for Leonard Fournette in the touchdown department. Like you said, they've been beatable on the ground near the goal line. This dude is off back-to-back 100-yard games. Seven targets last week, two, four receptions, 29 yards. He's he's getting at least 20 touches, 20 to 25 touches a week. It's absolutely absurd volume that he's getting. He's playing almost 100% of the snaps. Rykel Armstead only mixed in when he really had to and one of them against Denver was a blowout which is why he got uh why he mixed in so much so Leonard Fournette is a rock solid uh RB1 this week in my opinion against New Orleans because if you got a running back who's gonna get the ball 20 to 25 times you gotta play him uh we done with this one I think so all right let's move on to our next game the Bengals at the Ravens the Bengals let's start with the Ravens Mark Ingram Bengals are sixth worst in the league in yards per carry, five. Tied for dead last in TDs given up, as I just went over, is seven. 30th in DVOA against the running back. They can't stop the run if they tried. Mark they can't Ingram, stop the running. Mark Ingram has been fantastic. Great week for Mark Ingram here. Pretty crazy stat. The Bengals have allowed nine top 24 running back performances so far. It's been five weeks. I was going to say, like, that confused They've me. They've been that now. bad. Against the running back, <laughs> yeah. So, yum 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 yum. That's Mark Ingram feasting. So interesting. Uh, do you think a Gus Edwards or a, a Hill are a good play in this one? See, yeah, that's it's tough because Gus Edwards and Hill both mix in. At this point, Gus Edwards is the clear second back to uh, Mark Ingram. Has at least five rushes in each of the last three games. But do you really want to start a backup running back who has no uh, pass catching potential? Like it could be a Tony Pollard esque week, the week where he went for a hundred yards and a touchdown because the, uh, because the Cowboys blew out the Dolphins. Like it could be that type of week for Gus Edwards. But then again, the Ravens really haven't been playing that well of late. So I don't think the Bengals are going to keep it close. But I wouldn't. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens don't blow them out right away, like in the first half. You know, like week one, Gus Edwards had fifteen rushes because they blew out. The opponent, I don't think it's going to be that bad. So, I mean, you could do worse if you're really, really struggling, but I wouldn't want to. He's my 39th running back this week. This is a NFC North game, and these two teams are familiar with one another. So, I'll, I wouldn't say a blowout right off the bat is probably likely, but I will say that Lamar Jackson has been struggling in his last two games, and this might be last three, and this might be just what he needs. Um, his deep ball attempts are super down. Uh, Average one deep ball per every four attempts in his first three games. In his last two games, down to one deep ball every 11 attempts or so. So 
definitely not taking those deep shots down the field. Um, let's talk about his two main targets, Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown. Both of them injuries. Both of them, both their injuries described as not serious by their head coach. Both of them are practicing. Cincinnati is 31st in DVOA against the tight end, 30th against the number one wide receiver, fifth worst in QB ranking given up. They have given up the fourth most passes of 40 plus yards and the fifth most passes of 20 plus yards. Do I have to say more? I love Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown in this game. It's a tremendous matchup. It is. But like you said, uh, with Lamar Jackson, the, the deep passes, the first couple of weeks, people were expecting, and other teams, I'm guessing, were expecting what we saw from Lamar Jackson at the end of last season. This team that runs 40 times with their quarterback who will throw drags only and maybe a couple deep shots down the field. Nobody expected Lamar Jackson to come out here and throw 20 times a game for four touchdowns and only run twice. But the last three weeks, it obviously hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows for Lamar Jackson. He's come crashing down back to earth. But if there was ever a get-right game, it's against the Cincinnati Bengals. So Marquise Brown, I think, is a solid wide receiver, too. I'd prefer him more as a wide receiver, three, just because of how down he's been the last few weeks. Hasn't surpassed 13 half PPR fantasy points since the week one blow-up. And Mark Andrews, he was on my stock down. Go listen to the review episode if you haven't le- yet. Uh, me and Tim. I was going to say he was in your stock down, but he was. it was very we, much. We scuffle a bit. Yeah, very much not agreed to by your boy we here. We scuffle a bit. Yeah, scuffle a bit is right. Scuffle. But against Cincinnati this week with all the buys, throw him out there, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course throw yeah. him out there because he's a Look, if you have Mark Andrews, I'm just saying maybe he's not the top three option people were expecting. All right, maybe he's number four instead. Eh, maybe he's uh, number 12. No. I'm kidding. He's not number 12. <laughs> all right, let's go to the Bengals. Um, but Lamar Jackson, with I was yeah, I was I'm shitting sorry. on Lamar Jackson's uh, coming, crashing down to earth again. It's Cincinnati, folks. Yeah, start Lamar Jackson. Start Lamar Jackson. I'm starting Lamar Jackson over Tom Brady this the week. The only guys, week. yeah, I'd do that too. The only guys I have him behind are Patty Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. That's going to be a fun game. Man, I'm not looking forward to that game because I'm playing almost everyone in that game. Um, that does that not sound over. good for I you. No, it doesn't. Like, Yo, Jason has the best matchups of all time this week. It's crazy. Jason Burles, the, the defending champion in our league. I'm playing him this week. Ugh. Our league is so close. I'm 3-2. and two. I'm, in th- I'm currently in third place. Every, I could, two, I could, be, three, I could what is it? literally be in like 10th place by the end of this two week. 2 through 4 is 3-2. and two. 5 through 12 is 2-3. and three. It's nuts. And yeah. then one guy, 5-0. and oh. Our brother, Johnny. Sneak. Uh, all right, let's go to Bengals. Um, Joe Mixon, he was in your stock down folder uh, in the Monday game. Uh, not the best of matchups in this one. He was in my stock down because this guy did not play very well against Arizona of all teams. Now he gets Baltimore, who hasn't been great against the run, hasn't been terrible. They've been middle of the pack. Their defense in general, uh, I saw a crazy stat. They've been giving up 6.7 on average this year, 6.7 yards per play. That's second worst in the league. So their defense has been a lot more Swiss cheese than some may think. Other than Marlon Humphrey... He's one of the best cornerbacks and has been playing like one of the best cornerbacks in the league. They really don't have anyone else on that defense that's really been scary for teams. Also, 23rd in DVOA overall, 23rd in DVOA against a running back out of the backfield. So maybe Joe Mixon does have a little success here. So, yeah, I mean, with that being said, I was just going to say that I don't hate Joe Mixon this week. I prefer him more as a mid-range running back, too, because, you know, he's obviously had his struggles this year, <clears throat> as we expected. <clears throat> he hasn't. Top more than he only topped more than eleven half PPR fantasy points one time this whole season. 
So if you have him, you're playing him more than likely unless you have unless you did a trade or something and you got a couple other guys higher than him into my rankings. But I have him as 18th solid mid RB2 this week. I just I don't see the huge upside with Joe Mixon, especially in that offense. So Baltimore has been really bad against the tight ends. Is there any Tyler Eifert love here? If Tyler Eifert couldn't do it against the, the Cardinals, then who could he do it against? Yeah, obviously? and if he's going to run less than 15 routes, like I don't think the Bengals got the memo that the Cardinals suck against the tight end they didn't. because they did not take advantage of that whatsoever. Um, let's go to the outside threats, but though. Dalton did have him in the end zone. It was a bad throw. But with that being said, still, no. No thanks. Um, what about the two outside receivers? Auden Tate. Auden Tate. Auden Tate played 100% of the snaps last week. Would have been an absolutely atrocious game if he didn't find the end zone. He did find the end zone at the end of the game. But now he goes against Marlon Humphrey. It's fade. He's the outside guy. Fade. The one player I do like a lot this week because they've, Say it. they've been getting beat in the middle of the field. Say it. The way to beat the Baltimore Ravens is through the middle of the field, passing the ball to Tyler Boyd. Talk dirty to me. Oh, Tyler Boyd. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know how much I love Tyler Boyd. <laughs> he was in. I was in a Fantasy Pros article. Said to draft Tyler Boyd as my key for your draft. So I have him my wide receiver 13 this week. He uh, went off last week in the second half, ended with 10 receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown. A game like that was coming. It came. And now against Baltimore, he's not going to be lined up against Humphrey. He plays, he comes out of the slot. That's where Baltimore gets beat. So it may seem like a bad matchup on the surface. But it's a lot better than you may think. He has four out of five games in double digits this year, doing Tyler Boyd things. So I think he uh, keeps it up. I have him one spot ahead of OBJ this week, actually. Anyone else you want to talk about in this game? I don't think so there, guy. All right, let's move on to our next game. We're making good time here. We have long said that the Browns need a new logo. And maybe they should just turn it into it's a so shit. It's so strange. <laughs> because the shit emoji? The shit emoji. Right on the side of their it's helmet? It's funny. And it's true because they played like absolute garbage on Monday that night. Was, yo, if you're Freddie Kitchens, at this point, why not just be like, yo, Todd Monken, what should I do on offense? Yeah. Because clearly whatever he's trying to do with that offensive line, like say what you want about Baker Mayfield. Obviously, he's not playing good, but it's hilarious watching that team try to complete a pass. They're because right. there is a player on top of him in half a second at all times. Nick Bosa looked like the best player in the league against them. Their right guard, his name is Eric Cush. And he has an appropriate name because he's getting blown away. Oh, that was good. Um, we yeah. jokes. Cush and Hubbard, uh, Chris Hubbard and Cush on the right side is probably one of the worst right tackle combinations in the league. And you're now you're lining up against Jadavian Clowney, you know, who's, losing, been, who's been really, really good this year. Losing Najoku kind of sucks, too, because Demetrius Harris has been awful. Ricky yeah. Seals-Jones hasn't made a big effect. Except in one game. Yeah. But in this game, nonetheless, um, Baker Mayfield... I don't think you can start him. So let's go to their weapons on the outside. Antonio Callaway played like trash in his first game back. Yeah, he was absolutely atrocious. But Freddie Qu- Kitchen said he's going to stick with him. Um, that was one of the quotes today in Roto World. So we'll see with that one. Um, OBJ, they they're trying, man. OBJ is. I don't know. He's getting a lot. Of, he's getting over twenty five percent of the target share. The only problem is the targets are so bad right now. Baker Mayfield had a hundred passing yards. A hundred. I don't know, seven targets and six targets the last two weeks. But that's that's over 25% of the target share for the whole squad. But OBJ should never have four receptions in a two-game stretch. That's correct. But he's getting the targets. It's not his fault. It's Baker Mayfield's fault. 
And it's the offensive line's fault. Yeah. Like, it's not looking good. So, I mean, if you're an Odell Beckham Jr. owner, are you playing him this week? Look, I have him as my wide receiver 14. It, uh, it's so crazy that I would actually sit OBJ in for, certain situations. For Terry McLaurin. Or, like, Robert Woods. I have Robert Woods on that team, too. Like, why not go Robert Brandon Woods? Brandon Cooks is out, Robert Woods gets a big boost. Crazy. But... And Robert Woods too though. We'll, we'll talk about Robert Woods. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. <laughs> I later. love Robert Woods, but <laughs> OBJ though, man, at some point he's gonna have to get a have a get right game, right? Like it has to happen. Like he's way too good for this to be the norm. Nine, three, and four the last four weeks. One game over eleven and a half PPR points through five. Baker Mayfield with double the interceptions and touchdowns. They they're gonna have to do something to get that offense going. I do think they end up improving at some point like they can't be this terrible all year with the weapons that they have maybe they shouldn't have traded away a damn guard but that's besides the point i have been sponsored for 14 seattle has been solid against the pass this year but they don't have that single shutdown guy it's more of a a unit a team unit type of thing and that's going to be tough for for people to defend against obj so I understand if you're if you're hurting from OBJ and don't want to put him out there. It sucks. But I'm still trusting him as a wide receiver too this week. If he has another dud, then we're gonna have to start seriously questioning what to do with OBJ, believe it or not. Sell. Sell his name. I don't know. Today, right now if you try to sell him, you probably get some bad options. Today I offered OBJ for Cooper Cup in a league where I just hope OBJ's name sells himself. Oh no, Cooper Cup is the clear option there. That's why Absurd. I hope, that's why I hope that trade goes through. Crazy that that's a thing to say at yeah. this point. Yeah. Well, I was all over Cooper Cup in the offseason, I'm just saying. Man, um, I was I was too much of a too much too much of a lame. I was scared off by the coming off the injury. All I needed was was Jay Glazer to say that he looked good and I was good. Jay Glazer is one of the best out there, for real. Um Landry Jarvis. Jarvis. Landry Kama hey Jarvis, Jarvis going up in the slot. What do we think about him? I, I think that so far this year you've seen Landry have good games when Baker Mayfield has good games and bad games when he doesn't. So I think it's I think this is both of these guys, Beckham and Landry, it's not like I stopped believing in them, but what happened was Baker Mayfield is struggling and it's showing in the wide receivers. Yeah. Um Jamar Taylor for Seattle, their slot corner isn't great. He's decent. So a good a, a solid matchup here for Jarvis Landry. He's been he's been the main target for um for Baker Mayfield over the last couple of weeks across the middle. He's getting more work than he did the first couple of weeks. Eight receptions and four receptions over two hundred thirty yards combined the last two weeks. So better than you would uh, think from Jarvis Landry at this point. But still, the ceiling just isn't in isn't there with the way that offense has been playing. Whether it's a good matchup or not, so I think he's a decent wide receiver three, but definitely more of a floor than a ceiling if you're playing him like you're playing him because you want the 9 to 12 points not because you think he could break out for 25 yeah facts um a guy that can break out for 25 who had a bad game last week nick chubb they obviously want to feature nick chubb that is long the questions about nick chubb are over um but with that being said the seattle defense decent against the run again this is a middle of the pack seattle defense so they're not going to wow you they're not going to shut down your guys but at the same time, they're not going to give up big games. But how do you feel about Nick Chubb in this one? I got Nick Chubb as my running back seven, so I'm I'm sticking to it here with Nick Chubb. Look, prior to the San Francisco game, even against San Francisco, Nick Chubb went 16 for 87, which is very decent. Uh, they should have at least gave him the ball more if the if the passing game wasn't going to work. I know they, they fell behind pretty quick, which was not good for them, but Nick Chubb was the only thing even 
coming close to working. 87 rushing yards compared to Baker Mayfield with you for 100. Blah. But prior to last week, he had at least three receptions in every game. Only one reception last week. Um, like I said, he's been getting a bunch of work rushing. I think, I think the Browns bounce back a little bit in this one. I don't think they get absolutely demolished like they did. San Fran coming off a bye looked like they might be the best team ever coming off a bye week. But their preparation was probably ridiculously great. But, yeah, I think Nick Chubb at least bounces back to have a decent performance. He reached 10.5 PPR fantasy points last week, but that's not what you expect from him at this point. So if he finds the end zone, he'll have a great game. Otherwise, I think he'll still have a solid game. Um, Anyone else you'd like to talk about in this one uh, be- on the Brown side before we get into Seattle? Not the shitty emojis. <laughs> Let's go over to the Seattle side. Uh, we learned something last week, Jason said on the on the pod. Will Disley and Russell Wilson are like Bible buddies. No, I I told you while we were watching football. Oh, they're Bible buddies. Yeah, they love. They're both very religious together. Yeah, they so, have that connection. Oh man, that makes me. Like Another thing I found out: apparently Tyler Lockett is also like into religion and things of that sort. I feel like, and he's actually a virgin, uh, holding out till he gets married. No, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett. Yeah, that guy gets no poon. <laughs> It's his choice. I yeah. know. I mean, he, he's a good-looking guy. He could probably get as much as he wants. Yeah. Man. Yo, shout-out to Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Man, for guys like that, that I really hope no I hope, I hope Jesus is real just for them because, yo, if he's not, they, they, they got to be like, <laughs> damn, this sucks. <laughs> but, yo, I hope so. And, uh, you know, shout-out to Jesus. Uh, shout-out to our Jewish listeners. Who, it's Yom Kippur. Yeah. Although, technically, they shouldn't be listening if it's Yom Kippur. <laughs> Happy holidays. Listening to us tomorrow. I'm not really sure how to what the proper... Like salutation is happy holidays, Kyle, happy holiday, or happy Yom Kippur. Yeah, yeah, happy Yom Kippur. Um, I'm sure there's something in Yiddish, but we don't know that. Um, let's talk about some guy that's not Yiddish, Russell Wilson. Again, he's just super. I mean, I said it was a perfect game for Russell Wilson last week. He's just so against efficient, LA. man. It's kind of nuts. It's so nuts. It's crazy. Yeah, and he's uh, absolutely absurd. He's having one of the best seasons of any quarterback ever, and people don't realize it. I think right now he's the NFL MVP. Him and Christian McCaffrey are probably in, are the top two for that. Um, I would if I had a vote, I'd vote Russell Wilson as my MVP. Patrick Mahomes obviously has to get a vote there too. I mean, he's he's the boring vote at this point. <laughs> um, but let's talk about this. Uh, right now, as of our, our recording, it looks like it's gonna be the two cornerbacks, starting quarterbacks, missing again uh, for the Browns. So, with that being said, on the outside and in the slot, you got Lockett, you got Metcalf. How do you like these guys? Um, Lockett and Metcalf should both be. Solid plays this week. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Lockett, he still has those up and down performances, but that's what you got to expect with the Brian Schottenheimer offense. Like some games are just going to run a lot and you're going to be disappointed with the performance, but some games, when it's a close game, they're not going to be able to do that. So, I mean, Tyler Lockett has been solid this year. He's been disappointing some, but I think he has a good shot at having a good game against Cleveland. Like you said, the starting Warden company and greedy williams they're all supposed to be out again at this point if they come back that's a different story but i still don't think it changes anything too much really for tyler lockett because he has his role and he gets the downfield passes either way so i think he's in a good spot here and i like him as a low-end wide receiver one this week with all the bye weeks going on and dk metcalf those downfield the downfield uh throws from russell wilson like jason said the true throw creator russell wilson's a true throw darling Metcalf played 69% of the snaps last week, went up from the week before. Not quite the 80% as he was without David Moore playing, but still 70% of the game on the field with Russell Wilson throwing you the ball. Ain't half shabby, ain't too shabby. I don't know why I said half shabby. But yeah, 
so DK Metcalf should be a, a solid wide receiver three flex option this week against Cleveland as well. How about, All he needs is one play, man. How about that Will Disley against Cleveland? How about that Will Disley? See what I tweeted today about his uh, stock going up? This dude is uh, it's funny. a very interesting tweet. He said something along the lines of... Uh, I got it right like, here. I got it right here. Hold all on. right, Timmy will say it. Something about unicorns and horses. I mean, and uh, giraffes. I had it up right here. I no longer have it right <sighs> well, here. Well, I'll talk about Will Disley then because I have him as a wide receiver six. Excuse me, my tight end six. Here we go. He's been an absolute stud. Go ahead. If you think about it, unicorns make way more sense than giraffes. A horse with a horn versus a long-necked horse with cheetah spots? The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> TF question mark. TF question mark. Which is the fuck? So just pile that on for more reasons why to like Will Disley. But yeah, four for 81 last week. Didn't find the end zone, but he made some great catches against LA. And LA has been very solid against the tight end this year. Cleveland, not so much. They've been decent, but not a definitely not a matchup you're afraid of for Will Disley. So I like him again as a very solid uh, mid-range tight end one this week. Right now, the spread for this game uh, Seattle is favored by two points in a 47 point matchup so an implied score of 25 so uh, if some there's going to be three touchdowns so Will Disley will probably get one of those right now yeah, I'm shocked that the spread is so close honestly right now the the um, efficiency in which they're scoring in the red zone scoring touchdowns is up by the 70 percent mark it's number one in the NFL yeah Jason Myers isn't a good uh, kicking option which is nuts because the Seattle's putting up points, but it's because they score a damn touchdown every time they get to the other side of the field. Uh, so all he's getting is extra points. Let's talk about Chris Carson, who is an absolute beast. Chris Carson. Jason's new name for Chris Carson is Chris Carshawn because he looks like Marshawn Lynch. Um, nothing not to like against Cleveland in this game. Yeah, he played 84% of the snaps last week, dude. To Petty, 16, precise, complete afterthought, only zero, only zero, zero snaps. <laughs> only zero. Only zero snaps last week. So don't start CJ Procise there, folks. <laughs> but yeah, Chris Carson just every time he gets the ball, look, it's he's breaking a tackle, man. It's absurd. And like we said in Brian Schoenheimer offense, their main goal is to pound the damn rock. And if he's going to be getting the ball twenty plus times, he only had one reception last week, but three of the five games so far, he's had at least three receptions. He found the end zone last week. Twenty-seven rushes, one hundred eighteen yards, nuts. So against Cleveland, Cleveland's been. Uh, solid against the run, but I think Seattle has a big game this week in Cleveland. I have Chris Carson as my RB4. I'm all aboard the Chris Carson train. I think he has a very solid game this week. Um, All right. Anyone anyone else in this game you want to talk about? Maybe Penny? Anything for Penny and you love? I mean, if he paid 15% of the snaps last yeah, week, so hard getting, pass. It's getting 16%. worse, worse for him. Um, all right. Ready to move on to the next game? Last one of the uh, episode. Yep. All right, let's go to our last game here. It is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Minnesota Vikings. Let's start on the Vikings side because this Eagles defense has been a definitely beatable secondary for the most part, um, unless they're playing uh, mediocre high school quarterbacks in Luke Falk. Um, Orlando Skandrick, though, came back, played the the, uh, nickel corner, played it well. Um, But with that being said, you got to like the pass catching options uh, again for the Vikings in the second straight week. Particularly Adam Thielen. How do you guys, how do you feel about these pass catching options? Yeah, I like Adam Thielen. Give me some Adam Thielen, but Stefan Diggs really hasn't done anything to. You can't play Stefan Diggs to at this be point. liked. I mean, again, this is a tremendous matchup against Philly. Like they've been getting their run defense is one of the best in the league. Like it's very hard to run against them, but their pass defense is 
literally Swiss cheese. Atrocious. So, Stefan Diggs could be used as a wide receiver three, but I mean, this dude has just been so ridiculously bad. So I'd rather not, but he's in about as good of a matchup as you can get here. What about Adam Thielen? Let's talk about someone you will play. Yeah, Adam Thielen, I have as my wide receiver nine this week. This dude's a stud, man. Like, even in this offense where everyone's saying they don't pass enough, blah, 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 he had double-digit fantasy points in every game except one against Chicago this season. And after that, that's when he said he got pissed about the offense and Kirk Cousins. And then he went for 7-130-2 and two last week against the Giants. And now he gets Philly. Very similar defense, Swiss cheese against the pass, so through the air. So I think Adam Thielen continues to do Adam Thielen things and has a wide receiver one game this week. Kyle Rudolph's an absolute joke at this point, fantasy wise. So don't even don't even ask about Kyle Rudolph, Tim, unless you want me to get pissed off. I'm gonna ask you why you continue to pronounce the L in his name. Because his name is Rudolph. His name is Rudolph. The name is Rudolph. The L is silent. The um, L is how there. How many times I have to tell you this? The L is silent. Rudolph. 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 <laughs> um, what about Kirk Cousins? Um, Literacy is fun. I I like Kirk Cousins, man. I think he's a streaming option for, to the mo- to the umpteenth degree this this week. I think that ah the umpteenth. Yeah, I think Dalvin Cook may struggle against a very good Philadelphia front seven, and Kirk Cousins might be forced to throw against a bad secondary, and usually that goes well. So, Kirk Cousins, sign me up. I'm starting him in multiple leagues this week that I have Josh Allen on by. I mean, it's a little risky with the way they, their offense has been running this year, but. I agree. Evans, my QB thirteen, definitely a very streamable option. It's the it's the matchup. Kirk Cousins takes advantage of bad matchups in his uh in his career. That's been his that's been his mo. So, give me some uh, Kirk Cousins this week. Also familiar with the Eagles, played in the NFC East for a long time. Also not a primetime game. He can get lost in the pack, which is great for Kirk Cousins. Lost because in the South. He's like Andy Dalton, where if, if he's in primetime, he sucks. Gets lost um, in the South. But let's talk about Dalvin Cook, a guy that I thought can struggle here. Um, how do you feel about this matchup for him? I mean, at this point, he's matchup proof. He is. His but, lowest output this year has been 16 half PPR fantasy points. I but mean, 16 is disappointing if you're a Dalvin Cook owner. All right. Not disappointing. If you're disappointed with 16 it's, it's disappointing fantasy be- points, take a look in the mirror. I, no, because at this point, he's getting projected 23. Well, yeah, he's scored at least 22 in the other four games. That's what I'm saying. So you're disappointed yeah. with 16. It's not like you're you're like going to cry, but you're disappointed with 16, of course. I have him as my number three running back. I'm not mm. I'm not fading him at all this week. This dude, I mean, he had 27 I, touches last I week. Mean, I'm 20 not, the week before, 20 the week before, look, 23 the week before, 23 the week before. I'm not, he's a whole offense. He's a beast. I'm not telling you to put him at like RB15, but like RB8 is probably where I see him most. So, More likely. why don't we play a game, Ephthemios? Okay. You tell me who you'd rather start this week. Go ahead. Chris Carson or Aaron Jones? What, what the fuck? That came out of nowhere. Why? I thought you were talking about Dalvin Cook here. I said, Wow, I said Chris Carson. Dalvin, those are the next. <laughs> I have Chris Carson and Aaron Jones four and five. Oh. Dalvin Cook or Chris Carson? I think I go Carson. Cook or Aaron Jones? I think I go Aaron Jones. Cook or Zeke? Zeke against the Jets. Zeke. Cook or Chubb against Seattle? Cook. So then you'd have Cook like at number six. seven. Six or seven. Six or seven. Yeah. All right, then. So there you go. Yeah, so I mean, fuck I mean, off. Not- <laughs> 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 All right, so there you go. Um, have we gone? We haven't done Philadelphia yet. No. Let's go over to the Philadelphia side. Uh, Carson Wentz has been fucking phenomenal, man. Um, now this he- might be the week to fade him, though. Right. I don't know if you can based on pie weeks, but he... Going into Minnesota, it's a very difficult matchup for him. Anthony Harris and... Harrison Smith 
probably have been the best safety combo in the league so far this yeah. year. They have not the the uh, Minnesota Vikings have not allowed a twenty point fantasy day to a quarterback uh, since week one. So I mean, that's four games in a row where twenty points is kind of the the marker for a quarterback to have a good fantasy day. Anything under that's like bleh. His yards per attempt, ever, uh, average depth of target, has gone down almost three yards since Deshaun Jackson got hurt. So that offense is completely different with Deshaun Jackson on the field. Last week, obviously, was a bit disappointing, but it was against the Jets. They held a big lead. Only, But 160 passing yards against the Green Bay, 189 against New York. There's a chance that he has these low-output passing yard games. 230, 231 in Week 2. So he needs a passing touchdown, which is why I'm a little hesitant on him against the Vikings, who've been very stout against the pass. I have him as my QB 14 this week. I would actually prefer Kirk Cousins, the opposite side, this week as a QB option. Hmm, interesting there. Well, let's talk about his weapons then. Zach Ertz finally got into the end zone against Zachary. the Zachary. Um, how do you feel about Zach Ertz in this game? Locked and loaded, tight end one, baby. Especially on this game. As always, Zach Ertz is just going to keep doing Zach Ertz things, especially with DJX out, uh, Zach Ertz. Gets even more of a target share. He's a lock for at least five catches, at least 50 yards. Could be better. Has a shot at the end zone every week. So, I mean, he's the reason you drafted Zach Ertz was because he's a great tight end option every week. There was a rumor that he was going to come back this week. That rumor was false. Uh, D-Jax. D-Jax. Oh, Sean Jackson. Yeah, yeah, he's already out. Um, What about Alshon Jeffrey? I mean, you're not starting Nelson Aguilar or Mac Hollins um, unless you're desperate. No. So let's go to Alshon Jeffrey. Austin Jeffrey, I think, is a decent play this week um, against Minnesota. Someone's going to have to catch the ball besides Zach Ertz, and Alshon Jeffrey is there. Uh, I have his more of a wide receiver three this week against Xavier Rhodes. Because besides the, the first game where he uh, scored two touchdowns, he's been a little a little uh, underwhelming. Last week is tough, though, because, like you said, it was a blowout against the Jets, so you can't really trust that as an outlook to future weeks. This has a shot of being a very close game, in my opinion. I don't see either team blowing either team out of the water. Xavier Rhodes has been very uh, pedestrian so far this season. So I think Alshon Jeffrey should be in line for a very solid game this week. Him and Zach Ertz should both, uh, should both be solid. In terms of the rushing, by the way, the Philadelphia Eagles only allowing 3.2 yards per carry this year. That is second best in the league behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Yatsi. allowing 3.1. But right above them in the standings, Minnesota Vikings allowing 3.6 yards per carry this year. So with that being said, how do you feel about Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders in this one? Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders went straight back to the split, 43% of the snaps each. But again, Jordan Howard was the better back. So of the two, at this point, you're just stubborn. If you say you prefer Miles Sanders, I've been over this plenty of times already. Jordan Howard has been and will continue being the better back as long as he's running better than um, Miles Sanders, which he is. I have Jordan Howard as a low-end RB2 solid flex play this week because he seems to be the end zone guy as well there, which obviously is a big boost when you're splitting work. So Miles Sanders, I think, is more of a low-end flex play. It's good to see him getting involved in the passing game. He went 4 for 49 last week after not catching a pass against Green Bay, but only he went nine rushes for 15 yards is gross. If I could avoid starting either of these guys, I would this week. Yeah, it's not the best matchup for either of them. Um, Michael, 
that is the end of our episode number one. Episode number two coming at you whenever you want to play it. Uh, yep. But we're uploading both at the same time, so go ahead and check that out. True. Michael, where can they find you in the meantime? Mike on the score Patrap. You can find Jason at Jason Patrap on all social media outlets and also me at Tim Patrap on it's all me. social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real. Frisky. Real. Frisky. Frisky. Uh, shout out to our sponsors again, Thrive Fantasy. Go to thrivefantasy.com or the Thrive Fantasy app. Put in the promo code B-R-O-T-O BROTO and get $10 on your first deposit of $10 or more. Also, Red Cup News at Red Cup. Shout out to our own sponsors, us, brotofantasy.com. If you want to make a contribution to us, keep this podcast alive. We'd appreciate it very much. Um, it is you guys that keep the podcast alive. In fact, one of our favorites, Big Willie himself, he just wrote in the Broto account, I mean in the Discord, which is one of the perks. We have a nice community in that Discord. He wrote, out here fiending and itching my neck like Tyrone Bigums waiting for these waiting for these preview episodes. So shout out to Big Will. Those are coming at you soon. Um, but yeah, join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. You can get an extra episode, um, which is going to be our waiver wire episode, which you definitely want to check out. Um, you're going to get the Discord. You get a whole bunch of perks where you can DM us, where you can get access to a bunch of extra stats, things of that nature. So check it out, patreon.com slash brotofantasy. And until next time, see you. Later.